Okay, welcome everybody. We are excited for our second episode here uh, at We Should Talk, where we have some discussions around um, this one small table that's over here <laughs> on my right. I know you can't see it. Um, but yeah, we are just excited to have you here with us and to continue on our discussion that we are having uh, just on our topic of authentic church community. So today yeah, I have Heine with me. You met him Hello, last week. Hello, Lekker. Heine. Uh, <coughs> glad to have you here. Anything like new happening in your life? Not not much. Not something to nothing to report on yet. Okay. Zander uh, is his um, smallest child. How, how old is Zander? Two years old. Two years old, so that's fun. There's a there's a saying that says there's the terrible twos. It's normally connected to children that are just, uh, it's when they actually realize that they are humans and that they have needs and that those needs will be, f- if, if if no one's going to fight for my needs, I'm going to fight for my needs. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where children start the tantrum phase and falling on the okay. floor and kicking and screaming. And I had a good one this morning. Um, one of his brothers, so they wake up before us. Yeah. And then we can hear them walking in the house. We've got wooden floors. And so we can hear them walking in the house and playing games and whatever. And then um, at some stage they come to the bed and they say, hey, are we hungry or we want food? Or it's like, okay, go make yourself some porridge or put a new throw or whatever. And um, Zander would come and say, um, he wants milk, which is just the formula, the, the powder milk that we, that we give him. And uh, I asked one of the boys to try. I was like, just... Just see if you can do it. <laughs> and so he takes a little cup and he takes the powdered milk and he throws it into the cup. Like the worst thing you can do with powdered milk yeah. is throw it. No, it should be in a sippy, like a yeah. like a sippy cup. No, they throw it in a glass mm. and they mixed it with a fork that they found somewhere. I don't know. And so the kitchen was just uh, uh, under under a hectic mess. And so obviously Zander didn't get his milk the yeah. way he wanted it. And so I, I woke up with a nice tantrum. Next to my bed. Great. Mm. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> but also a lot of uh, frustrations. But it sounds nice to have kids. It must is say. Nice. I think it brings a joy into your life. Like uh, today, so also we have. So today also we have Arnold with us. Um, Arnold is one of our friends. Um, he works also with us. Um, so yeah, like Arnold, please introduce yourself. Tell us more about who you are and where you come from. Mm. Thanks, Yvette. It's good to sit around in this circle. And uh, I think, um, again, also with me, the, the whole thing of having to introduce yourself, um, I find it a bit tricky because I guess it's, it almost like goes back to the question of who are you? With ex- mm. Describe yourself mm. apart from telling me what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's tricky, but uh, my name is Arnold Matapa. That's my surname. And uh, I uh, um, I grew up in Guiani. Uh, that's in Lipompo. And I am the first of five. Oh. Um, so we are quite a big family back home. And my siblings are... Uh, all grown. I think the last, the the last in the family is now. She's now 13 years old. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's especially me. I've been, I've lived half my life back home. In fact, more than half now here in Pretoria. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here and uh, I love life and I love Christ and I love people. That's great. That's mm. awesome. But Arnold, who are you really? 
It's just a joke, guys. It's just a joke. Do you guys remember that movie? Uh, what was it? Anger management. With uh, yeah, I haven't. S- I've seen it, but <laughs> not really. Yo, with brilliant. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson and uh, uh, Adam Sandler. There's a so the whole movie's premise is is based upon this guy that has anger issues, yeah. but but he doesn't actually have anger issues. It's just these anger issues are pulled from him, and so he's taken to anger management after this whole thing. And then, like the first day at anger management, the the therapist asks him. This is now Jack Nicholson. Mm. He asks him, "Who are you?" And he says, "No, well, I'm so and so and so." And he says, "No, no, I don't want. To, don't tell me what you do. Tell me who are you." And he goes, "So and so and so," and says, "No, no, no." Don't tell me about your personality. <laughs> tell me who are you. <laughs> and he keeps doing that yeah. until there's like this freak out session. Uh, very good. Very good. Yeah, I wish. Uh, you know what? I think maybe he turned into Joker after that movie because he couldn't deal with the anger anymore. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, like, let's move on. So last week we spoke about, or we started with our, the main topic here that we are speaking about is authentic church community. And we've uh, majored on authenticity and also community last, um, the last episode. So yeah, Hannah, why don't you just share some, what did we speak about, some recap there. Um, I think my memory doesn't work so well, so <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> the big thing about that, uh, it's a very loaded Tagline, authentic church community, because all of three of those words, authenticity um, is something that we we might delve into today a little bit. Church, I mean, obviously, uh, what, what does that mean? And then community, it's almost like you would say when you look at those three words, what is, what is the most, what is the easiest one to explain? It must be community, right? So community must be, all right, let's talk about community. Yeah. But the thing is that when it comes to community, that we've got so many lens, every person has a lens of how they view community. Some people um, view it from their family, blood family. Some people say community must be something I read of in the newspaper. Some people say community is uh, is dead, that you, you can't find real community anymore. Um, that community is something that happened in the 70s and 80s. And um, some people say community is stimulated only in like uh, terrible times, you know, the famine, um, the black plague, yeah, the yeah. war Every, times. The classic thing of like, we stick together when it gets stuffed up a thing. And but when, when life is flowing, the milk and honey and gold <laughs> is here, everybody's on their own type yeah. of thing. Then it's me and myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on my property. God is for all people, but everyone's for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting one, community. And so what we're actually saying is we're saying that Church is supposed to, supposed to be a very healthy community, but also come from authenticity. And authenticity is a very tough one. Yeah. And we'll get into that maybe a little bit a little later. And, uh, um, and maybe just to give a little bit more of recap, we're not going to get into this scripture today, but what we were talking about is we are talking about a scripture in Luke 18, 9 to 14, talking about this... Uh, this idea of being authentic and uh, and um, I guess in, in, in some sense, everyone wants to be authentic, you know, real, mm. uh, uh, proper, um, I always want to say uh, transparent. But the problem is, is we can't be. It's, it's, we can't be because although on the inside we want to be, there's too many I think triggers and and uh, and walls built up and 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 
ways for us to hide our true self. Now, here's what I mean with that. All of us want to be authentic, but we all come with masks. And so, as we all come together, and all of us have a face that we put on that we want people to see, you aren't really truly yourself. And so, we all want to aspire to being authentic. We all want to aspire to be yourself. You know, we would say things like, hey, yeah, just cool, be yourself. You know, um, we said that yesterday, like, be yourself unless you really, if you, you suck then and don't be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Then never be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's such a true thing because, okay, so I don't want to be, I don't want to suck. I don't want to be bad. I don't want to, so I'm going to put up a face because I don't always feel that way. Even even like I wake up this morning with a headache and I wake up with a headache and I need to come and we're going to, we're going to have some chats and we're going to podcast mm. and immediately you think, okay, shrug off that headache, drink mm. your coffee, be a grown up, go sit there by the mic and let's have a chat. But even that, is that being authentic? No. And so can authenticity sometimes be a bad thing? You know, sometimes you hold Maybe your tongue. Maybe like an unhealthy way of being authentic. Yes. Yeah. So if, if, if it's almost like you can't hold your tongue about all of yeah. your thoughts. Because that's the thing. Like I think last, last time we also said it. Like People think when you're authentic, it's about being rude. Yeah. So if I want to be authentic, I need to be a bulldozer. Yeah. But it's almost like, but that's not the only part of what authenticity means. Yes. So Have you guys seen that movie? There's a, um, a a movie called The Invention of Lying by Ricky Gervais. Um, uh, yeah, I have. It's very funny. It's very, it's funny. It's, 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 it is definitely borderline blaspheming. Yeah. But the premise of the movie is that there was a world that existed where no one was lying. And then one day, someone invented the, the concept of lying. Someone invented the concept of saying something that wasn't on purpose. And so the whole beginning of the movie, people are walking around and sharing their inner thoughts. So they would walk around in the street and be like, hey, look, hey, hello, person um, that I have never seen before. Oh, wow, I smell your smelly breath. And, uh, you know, so they would constantly be talking. They, 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 they would say, um, hi, uh, I'm, uh, I don't want to go on a date with you tonight because actually you're not my kind of person because you're a little bit fat and I think that you're unintelligent and I am afraid that you might not uh, be very, uh, I don't know, I know uh, ambitious. I know to say stuff like that. Listen, I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting here and you know, I'm tapping my foot there because I'm like, I find you get over to those two kinds of people where... Um, I, I, it, it would be almost like I'm being hateful if I tell you the truth, and so I must just keep it in. And then there's that wisdom where I need to know how to say it. And so I often struggle with the not wanting to be truthful, and I have to cover up yeah. and put it all nicely in. But I'm just saying. But speaking about that, I know we're jumping maybe, yeah, but yeah. I was thinking about if a half of a truth, good or bad. That is a. Uh that is an interesting thing because are we supposed to are we supposed to keep truth uh, no. let me say it differently so it's not that we are hiding truth but it is the way that you package truth right and so the 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 present of truth the beautiful gift of truth yeah. needs to be packaged yeah. 
correctly. You know, if I if I have something of great value, but I but I package it in newspaper. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was just like, we're in, the worst thing in this life is buying wrapping paper. Like in in my yeah. mind, I was like, you spend money on something, somebody's going to essentially just tear off. Yeah. No one like you know, no one no one values wrapping paper, which is a bad assumption because I guess there are people that value that. But for me, I was just like, yo, if you're gonna tear it off anyway, I'm just gonna use newspaper. So now you've got this really, really valuable gift. I didn't even put the gift in a box. I just literally took that gift and and I remember it was a it was like a jacket and I put that and I, I didn't even fold the jacket. I just bundled it up, put it in newspaper and took like tape and taped it around and I and I gave it to a friend and and I remember the friend looking at that at that present, although what was inside was valuable and he you know, he would like that present. The way I packaged packaged it didn't give it value, mm. and so it's the same way. I, I'm guessing that, let's say, for example, something like I meet somebody that is uh, I don't know overweight. Let's say overweight, which I mean that is also technically, if I get on a scale, the scale tells me I'm overweight yeah, for some yeah. reason. My body weight index is is not good, and uh, and, I, and I meet somebody that's overweight, and 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 the first thing that I notice about that person, obviously, is what they look like. You know, what, what hair they have, what is their race, what is their, uh, the size of yeah, them, yeah. what is it? Those, those are the first things that I notice. And obviously, as all people do, is we, we make a bunch of assumptions. So I would meet this person, and he's overweight, and I would say, oh, okay, cool, what do you do? And like, I'm a personal trainer at Virgin Active. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's no, no, you're not. Or, I know what you mean. <laughs> or you meet a person. Let's say the other way around. You meet a guy and you're like, um, "What do you do for a living?" And the person says, "No, I'm a chef." Mm. I'm like, "You are very skinny. I don't know. You know what's that saying? You can't trust the skinny, skinny chef. chef." Yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, it has to. So, so do you say that to someone? Hey. So, oh, you're a chef. So, what do you do for a living? Is you make and eat food, but you are very skinny, which means that you, it is impossible for you to, I mean, do that. That, that, What was that movie, um, Ratatouille? He talks, and then there's this critic, and the critic guy, I think his name was in the movie, is Igor or something like that. And the critic says, if I don't like it, I don't swallow. Yeah. Right? Which is like a watch. And so, what does that say? about us keeping in, holding your tongue, yeah. or packaging the truth correctly. Do you walk around and tell every, uh, I mean, we're just a bunch of guys sitting here. If you see a pretty girl walking past, you do you just narrate your feelings and thoughts in that moment? You're like, hey, you're so pretty, I'm looking at your ponytail right now, and it looks so silky, and I want to <laughs> rub it with my fingers. You know, what do you... How I want to make a, one, some sort of... What do you call it? Braid. <laughs> yeah, I want to cut a piece of your hair off and braid it into my own hair. You know, sounds like Song of Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, it really does. <laughs> I think, um, as we actually speaking about this, I'm just realizing that authenticity is defined by the truth that you build your life on. Yeah. So, so maybe it's about not about saying what is relativity in the truth or relative truth a truth that changes but it's staying or it's it's staying true to who you are 
or obviously who God says you are. Mm. Okay, so authenticity is then found within an absolute truth. That makes sense. Yeah, because um, it's almost a thing of your authenticity is going to be defined by your worldview. Now, worldview is defined by how you grow up, like the people around you. So it's very interesting. It's like that. Because I think last last time we also said, like, what's first, the chicken or the egg type of thing? Um, uh, by the way, I have an answer to that question. The f- answer is God. Are you saying God is first. Um, but no way. Like, <laughs> now, now I've got questions now. Which is, is he a chicken? Cut that one out. Um, so, no, I'm just I'm just joking. So I think there's a, a thing of, if you want to be authentic, in that moment where you need to say something to someone that you know is the truth, okay, in the sense of what you see in front of you, okay, so objectively it's true. Um, but what is the true thing to do? And I think that's where authenticity goes. Authenticity goes so much deeper than what we objectively see in front of us. It speaks about such a deeper thing of what is deep inside of my, the way that I'm going to treat this person is going to speak about your authenticity mm. rather than, oh, this thing is, this is a glass bottle or this is this. Um, and I think we just, yeah, that's very, just realizing that it's very interesting. Um, <coughs> yeah, so I think when we speak about authenticity and how that comes in, because that whole question of half of a truth, good or bad, Done. Yeah. Um, and does that I think my question on that is like is that true to who God is um, well, that's good I think um, you was, the, the word you're using here is truth what a loaded word yeah. and what a, what a word that, that people take for themselves and they say well truth can be defined by me and so you would hear things like this is my truth yeah, yeah. if your it feels truth. good it's the true thing to do bro yeah <laughs> if it's it, because then what were in in, the, in that case that you just mentioned yeah it means that my emotions give truth its basis yeah mm. and the problem with emotions is emotions come and go you know you feel angry and now I, so my truth is now anger or um or, or this or that and so people would talk about um oh i hear that's i'm, I'm glad that's true for you but here's my truth and i'm like yeah. okay well, well hold up truth points to something singular truth must be true if if something is true it must be true for for everyone yeah. you know so so something like is the is the grass green and somebody would say well it depends on your perspective okay and 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 in some sense that's true but the problem is that what you are proposing by not just giving a straightforward answer is you're saying that Truth depends on the person and not on the object. Yeah. And so is there an objective truth versus a subjective, subjective. Tr- yeah. truth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so w- we have to say what truth is not. Truth is not simply whatever works, mm. right? Yeah. Because that's the philosophy of pragmatism. Yeah. Uh, okay. What they would say, uh, ends versus means type of approach. In reality, lies can appear to work, mm. Right? It doesn't have to be true for it to work because a lie could technically then work as well. But they're still lies and not the truth. Yeah. So truth is not simply what is coherent or understandable 
Because you would say, okay, well, if it makes, if the mechanism works or it's, it's an understandable idea, a group of people can get together and form a conspiracy, and, and they do uh, often. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a group is like groupthink, yeah. and everyone is running in a direction. They, they, they form a conspiracy based on a set of falsehoods, and they all agree upon them, and they all agree on the same story, but it doesn't make their presentation true, does it? Mm-hmm. Right? And so truth can't be that. Truth is not what makes people feel good. Mm. Because bad news could be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? That's like the quickest way just to demolish that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, whatever makes me feel good is true. I'm like, oh, wow, have you watched the news lately? What? Yeah. The news is terrible. And I know, obviously, <sighs> the news isn't neutral. The news, I mean, there's, there's lots of political stuff yeah, behind yeah, the news. Yeah. The agenda's always there. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got, there's, there's an agenda galore. And so when you watch the news, I, th- I think apart from agendas, it's just the general, keep the general fear mon- monitor running. Mm, you know, yeah. So if people are in fear, I'm guessing so they, they can come back for more news. <laughs> for more news, exactly. Uh, because fear is a, is a great accelerator. Uh, truth is not what makes people feel good, but it's also not what the majority says is true. Mm. Yeah. Think about yeah. how that has That's happened. That's the diffi- most difficult one. It is. It is, but think about how many yeah. times the majority said something and they were wrong. You know, so sure. let's say something like, I, I mean, we uh, we can technically just jump to any of the dictatorships yeah. and, and yeah. go that side and say, well, the majority of, uh, let's say, this group of people hated the minority of that people and and, and, and I mean, that, that wasn't true. But let's just take something, let's take something controversial from our context. Let's say something like, Christians in South Africa on race. Sure. And how that has changed over time. And not just Christians, but churches and church leadership. There was a time where the majority of the churches and the church leadership legitly and actually believed that there is differences in race concerning um going to heaven yeah yeah right that is crazy mm. yeah and so just because the majority believed it yeah. it doesn't mean that is true yeah or com- you know uh, it says uh, this is, it, it it almost says when we when we believe that it almost says that would if if we can get everyone to agree that then we create a new truth yeah. which is the greatest fallacy of democracy isn't it how dangerous is democracy? I don't want to go down, a, <laughs> down down that route now. But just how dangerous is democracy? Because you could technically just manipulate everyone into believing something. Yeah. Everyone believes that's where propaganda that. comes in. Right. Yeah. When I was in school, and we didn't choose the head boy and head girl on the merit of their leadership or how good yeah. they do or none of that. It was a it was a it was a popularity context. Who who is the popular person? Who's the who's the rugby captain? Who's the person that who's the tallest? Who's the yeah, person the biggest that, hands. who's got the big you know, so they're ridiculous. And and that's how that's how it happened. Mm. And so I'm not uh, no, by no means am I saying <laughs> that they that that God can't use that and and and, yeah. and He doesn't make all things work. I'm just saying, when I grew up, my head head leaders, my um, even if, I mean, I was in the 
what do you call it, like prefect. I was a prefect. Mm. And uh, and even that, it has nothing to do with how I was a terrible influence. God, okay, I was a, like the worst, the worst person you could possibly elect to guide a bunch of students into truth. Oh, mm. by majority. I'm just yeah. thinking, just speaking about this whole thing of democracy and without having to go too deep into that, I wonder if, I mean, a lot of, the things we believe today are obviously um, just fueled by our cultures and our surroundings, right? And so I'm thinking, this this is this is probably one of those things where uh, that's probably it makes it even more difficult for a lot of us, even as Christians, to or for a non-believer to even consider being a Christian, because then we're speaking about this idea that God runs His own kingdom, not in a democratic way. Mm, sure. And so now, when I say to you listen, it's, it's what you always knew to be truth um, and how the world runs and how kingdom thing works, which I don't think today in the world we even understand that rightly. We're like, hey, listen, that's not how God runs his kingdom. Yeah. You don't vote uh, for a new king every <laughs> time. And so although you think you've got truth, your truth is, it has to be submitted under the true truth. Yeah. Um, and so already there we lose this thing of relative truth and you know this individualistic way of doing things as well. So that's good. it just got me to think mm. um, that this this might just be one of the things that makes it quite difficult um, mm. for for our world today to uh, consider even being a Christian. Sure. In in in, in that in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, <clears throat> what I hear is just your authenticity, being authentic is is um staying true to god staying true to jesus mm. him saying it's interesting we say true and but him saying i'm the way the truth and the life mm. okay no one comes to the father except through me so if he is the truth that i build my life on mm. my authenticity will look like his mm. the way that i because it's that thing of being real, being real. Let me be real about what God is saying about you. Mm. Yeah? Let me be real about, obviously because there's obviously that part of, I'm going to be real about how I feel about something or mm. I might feel sad about this or I might, but <clears throat> then it almost brings us back into, and that, I think I love this, I love this word authenticity, it just, tells me something about if I'm authentic that means I'm relying on God hmm. that makes sense that which means is I'm good I mean you can't yeah. it, so authenticity ca cannot be only you pursuing what you want yeah. or what you would say or so so what Everett, what you're saying is you're saying that authenticity isn't me only being my true self because truth is something yeah. that cannot be held by the individual, which means that God must be part of authenticity. Yeah, he is the foundation. Yeah. yeah. He needs to be the foundation. If he's not if Jesus is not the foundation of my authenticity, um then I'm following the authenticity of as we spoke, like culture. Yeah. Uh, in this culture you do this and this and that, what it that's what it means to be real. Oh, that's what it means. Um, yeah. And so the thing is, is that even though we say we agree on this, 
we as people don't react on this. Yeah. So we would, literally the way that we set, we set up now is the three of us are sitting and talking to one another and agreeing. But actually, agreeing on that doesn't make it more or less true, yeah, yeah, yeah. does it? Yeah. You know, even us agreeing on authenticity. That's good doesn't actually make it more or less true. Our agreement doesn't contribute to the truthfulness of mm. true authenticity yeah. if it's based on God. No. Sure. And so that, that thing about uh, even sitting in councils and, and having discussions, and we read this earlier. I, mean, I don't know how, why, why we read that, but now somehow it's coming back to me, yeah. is even sitting in councils and in church um, leadership and having discussions God says, all right, but remember, I need to be there where two or three are gathered in my name concerning um, disciplining someone or having a conversation with someone. Yeah. Or God says, oh, yeah, that's good, and do that. But remember that the, the truth won't come out just because you're majority. 51% of a group could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. because I'm there. Yeah. I must be present. Yeah. I must be part of of that yeah that's good that's very good that's uh, i mean i'm just thinking of uh, i know made this comment earlier as well as we started about um just just i can't remember exactly the, how you phrased it but i thought it was very good but but i wanted to say i was speaking about being authentic the uh, the whole i'm thinking so i've got in mind a believer meaning a christian and a non-christian and how you can go to a christian can say i'm being authentic and then also a non-Christian can say, I'm also being authentic, authentic. And so Evert said, being authentic is being true to Christ. Mm. And yet a non-believer can say, I don't believe in Christ and I'm being authentic. And yet deep inside them, there's a longing to want to be authentic. Mm. If this makes sense. So there's a, if, if I'm not, it's almost like you know that you're robbing yourself of something. You, you're longing to want to be true. And yet, this true doesn't come from within you. That's what doesn't make you, it. Doesn't make it. It's not. It's never subjective. Hmm. And so, both Christian and non-Christian, we we both have a, a longing to want to live for something because then they're not already. It's almost like a, we've got an expect. There's an expectation that we want to live out to, and and that is of course all truth is God's truth, as someone once said. And so. Um, whether believer or non-believer, we cannot run away from the fact that we want to be authentic. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And there's some that 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 connection between authenticity and and truth just comes back again because if you want to be authentic, yeah. you need to bank on something that's true. Yeah. All right. But how can I bank on something that's true? How do I decide what's true? Because mm. what we're saying is that every person has his own truth, or Every person has a, a different view of reality or every person has a and, – and, and, and so when you speak to people – I mean, we're talking about Christians and non-Christians here, but let's just talk about the average normal person yeah, on the street. Yeah. <coughs> maybe, doesn't, maybe doesn't believe in – doesn't have a religion, doesn't believe in God, doesn't but, – but why be moral? Why yeah, do the yeah, right yeah. thing? Why get into your car and expect other people to do the right thing? Yeah, driven by survival. Yeah, but yeah. somebody would say something like, "Yeah, because yeah. because I don't need a God to help me with my intentions." Mm. Like the, you know that saying that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, "The road to hell is paved with good intentions." Mm. It's like, "Yo, what a 
what a, what a terrible it's like I always say what a terrible saying. I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know how how biblical that is, but it does preach well. Yeah. So, uh, what do you like? Wh- your intentions could be off. So, truth is not how or defined by what we intend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how my intentions are formed. Uh, tr- truth cannot be on that because good intentions can still be wrong. This is very interesting because I feel like you have to double click a bit on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, why? Be, be, oh, double clicks. No, no, really. No, but, but, but I mean, think about it. I mean, we've been, we'll say things like your intention. Uh, what, what did you say? Let's say I wanna, I wanted to give you, I wanted to buy you coffee this morning, which I think I did, but I didn't do it. And then I come to you and I say, hey, listen, I actually thought of buying you coffee. Yeah. And then you say to me, oh well, it's, it's the intention that counts. But you see how weighing in so much on the intention. Sure. And so you saying that. Even the intention—it's almost like the intention. Just, just, just again, just double click a bit on that on the whole thing of intention because I, I feel as though that's all base a lot of things. Oh, I had a right intention. You can't, yeah. you can't fault me on that. Yeah, because the problem with people, and this is universal, yeah. is that people judge others on their actions. Yeah, yeah. But you judge yourself on your intentions. Cut us deep. Sure, that is good. That's why we, what do you call that? Mic drop. And, and so the pr- the problem with that is is it, let's say you you you, you drive in your car yeah. and you see someone I don't know skipping a skipping a robot mm. and you're like oh that person that you know that taxi driver yeah. always just skipping the robot yeah. because look at what he's doing and yeah. then you would say that person would say your taxi drivers are just the worst and I hate taxi drivers and they're all the same and you're the, like okay I guess. There is some like a mathematical way of saying, okay, taxi drivers kind of have a certain slant to not following the rules of the road. But how did you just come to that conclusion? Because what I saw what he did, I saw him there, he skipped the robot. Yes, but I've seen you skip a robot before. Yeah, but I skipped the robot because uh, we were on our way to the hospital. Mm. We were, you know, I skipped the robot because it was two o'clock in the morning, or I skipped the robot because we, um, I, I, I honestly didn't see it. So you see, the problem there is that that the way that you are judging yourself is by your intentions, mm. but you are judging others by by what you see and what you can gather from. So what is true? What is being authentic? Because then, then you would say, uh, we would say as people. Um, Let's take the coffee one. So my intention was to buy you coffee. Why did you want to buy me coffee? No, because mm. I want to be nice. Mm. I want to. I want to value you. Okay, but you didn't. Yes, but I want to value you. Yeah. Okay. But this other friend that did buy me coffee and did bring it, what was the difference? No, well, we both had the same intention, so we should both be viewed and Equally. valued the same. Yeah. Like no, but the one bought coffee. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that your it's your actions speak for it's it's a, applying what you you are. Yes, but you know that 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 I mean this is a this is something sure. when we when we want to lean into faith. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, some yeah. people say yeah. I've got faith and then yeah, what does yeah. James say? Show me, Show me by your, your by your deeds. By yeah. your deeds, by your yeah. actions, by your works, by yeah. what you yeah. do. And so yeah. what James is literally saying is he's saying your intentions are worth nothing. Mm. Sure. It's hard truth. It's actually about where does, I think it's almost like then, where does your action come from? Mm. 
and it's both. It needs to be both. It, and I think that yeah, we can't separate it. So you could throw that on its head, and then make and then make this conversation worse. <laughs> you could go and say, "I did buy you coffee, but, but it's it so that you can burn your tongue." Yeah. Like I wish yeah, that yeah, you would no, burn your tongue. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. I bought you coffee, and I'm like, "Oh, here's some coffee. You must drink it quickly because." Mm. And then you, you know, right? And so you could do the right thing with terrible intentions. Mm. Actually, I mean, I think of feeding your chicken just to kill it. Yes. Which is <laughs> yummy. <laughs> I like chicken. Get that chicken nice and fat. <laughs> yeah. So we can eat nice yeah. fat chicken. I don't know if I want fat chicken. Like chicken shouldn't have fat. But let's say let's say a little calf. I'm giving this little calf like like wagyu meat. Right, it's essentially people just raising cows in a different way, yeah. massaging their bodies so that they can have juicy steaks. The chickens back home so don't have fat. We call them hard bodies. Hard like bodies. Hard body, like it's a like a Nissan. Yeah, exactly. That thing. Cause <laughs> th- th- those those chickens, they they get up in the morning and they sprint and until they go to bed and they're Crazy. super skinny and healthy. That's and so, thinking about, is it possible? That I could be, I could think that I am being authentic right now, but my intentions are so far off that I am lying to what is really true and what is subjectively true Mm -hmm. and what is morally true. And so I'm saying that I'm being authentic in the name of something completely wrong. From yourself. From myself. Because it's not based from God. Yeah. Now, now we very quickly said that God must be the basis, mm. but but do you but do you yeah, guys yeah, see that yeah. philosophically? No, 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 I understand. No, like I philosophically, okay. people don't make that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 if I may, I've got a question there on that because again, we're scratching a lot of stuff, and I know we don't want to overstretch this here. But I'm thinking, and then the question is, because I mean, I can just be, I, I can walk out of this conversation and be like sharks. So I always have to rethink and rethink my intentions. Even come to church on a Sunday. Yes. Even you standing up and giving a sermon on a Sunday could be from a, your intentions could be flawed. Yeah, that or, could or, be. Or, or, or you probably mean are. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how, how does God deal with, with us in that manner? Meaning, you see what I'm saying? Because it's going to smite us. does it become the thing of oh. I have to always be watching over my shoulder? <laughs> God is coming for you, Arnie. Like a lion. <laughs> Yeah, that's well. Look, if, if, if that's how God deals with me, I'm I'm like I'm never intending to do anything good. I mean, I'm gonna. It's a it's a it's a it's a hopeless battle. That is a very good thing. That's a very good summary. It is a hopeless battle. <laughs> and so, why are you fighting? Yeah, that's motivation because it is motivation and intentions <laughs> the same thing. Well, it could be because what motivates you? Yeah. Is your intentions or what? Probably. I don't. Well, well, I don't it think can't can be just. You, I don't think can separate the two. I, I think one. I think they like kind of fall on each other. So honestly, the intention. When we talk about intention, it means what I, what I, what I meant when I did this. Mm. But the problem is, even if you think that is what you meant, if you really go deeper down, you realize that was not really. You guys know that most people don't actually come to Christ for the right intentions. Mm. That would make sense. Right? Yeah. So you, the first time somebody told you about Jesus and 
him saving and him being the savior and wanting to take away your sin. And mm-hmm. most people on that spectrum say, yeah. okay, I'll take that free savior thing. That sounds good. I'm yeah. quite desperate. Yeah, yeah. What a terrible intention of submitting to Christ. Mm. On the other side, you would find somebody that says, hell is awaiting you. Um, don't go to hell. Let's snatch you from the the fire pit. Mm. And you're like, okay, I just I just don't want hell. Okay, I'll take Jesus. What a terrible in, yeah. like what a what a yeah, terrible yeah, reason yeah. for. And so your question, Arnold, is well, how does God deal with? Well, first of all, if we start realizing just how wicked and flawed we are, mm. and just how depraved we are, now we we're not we're not merely slaves to sin. Mm. We're lovers of it, which is a quote someone said once. That's big. Uh, you know, it's you a sermon right there. Sadly, that's what we should be preaching. Or you should make a, a general, sermon anyway. series called Lovers of Sin. Lovers of Sin. See yes. how many people come to yeah. church. Because that's the thing, though, is on the, on the inside, and this is, a, this is one of those very philosophical things mm. that guys want to talk about. They want to say, oh, people in, in, intrinsically are good and the world made them bad, or are they intrinsically bad and they, the mm. world is making them... It's brought out what was always there. Yes. Yeah. And, and cause so obviously, if you look into the world, you see evil. Mm. You see evil, yeah. right? And no, per, no person with, with eyes and a mind can look at the world and say, no, there's no evil, there's no... Well, I guess there probably is some cult somewhere that believes everything is good. But, but, but the point is that when you look at it, you're like, oh, that can't be good. So, yeah. so wh- wh- what happened? Is it because people are evil? Or is it because people are good and they, they just became evil? Or wh- what is the... And so, theologically speaking... Mm. What the Bible says is it says that people are not good. Yeah. You know, there are scriptures that, yeah. that, 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 that say that every mm. person has fallen short mm. of the glory. No, no, no one is good, not even one. Sure. The heart overflows with, with evil things. Um, I mean, you can, uh, the, the, the wages of sin is death. Mm. Mm. Um, we look at these things and we, and, we, and we say, hmm, I wonder if people can be good. Is it possible that somebody could be good without Christ? I almost want to say, even somebody with Christ still has, there's still, an, uh, there's still a human side, there's still a hard side, there's still a, I need to become more like Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah, and so yeah, Jesus yeah. still needs, if I need to become more like Jesus, that means that there's still stuff that's not like him, yeah. which means, what is, what is another word for not being like Jesus, missing the mark, missing the standard, yeah. sin. Mm. Right, so if that's the case, coming back to that buzzword here, authenticity and, and truth, and, and oh, how, oh, that's good. how those things are, are connected. All right, so, so what we're saying is we're saying that you can't really be authentic without God yeah. because there's no truth actually without God. Mm. If we look again at some of the things that truth is not, truth is not comprehensive. Or what is comprehensive? So just because you talk a lot, yeah, yeah. Oh, that must be true. Truth is not defined. Confidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, truth is not b- defined by the confident. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the guys that can talk the loudest. Yeah. Oh, we see this in the political system. You get people that, they are very well versed and they are great speakers and they are great, they're very, gr- they're great influencers. Um, it doesn't mean that what they're saying is true. To take mm. um, 
uh, I mean, just something like a, like a Hitler, which is very clearly bad, but people believed him. People were running. Mm. But I mean, you could get a Gandhi. Mm. He was saying some true things, I'm guessing. He was wise. He was confident in what he was saying, but was everything he, what he was saying true? Hmm? Truth is not defined by what is intended, as we said earlier, but listen to this one. Truth is not simply what is believed. Mm. Because a lie could be believed. So it's not always famous. Truth is not what is publicly proven. Mm. That's good. Sure. Because the truth can be privately known. Mm. Um, for obviously, for for example, if you have to like bury a treasure, I know where the treasure is buried, mm -hmm. but it's just me. Yeah. It's in secret. Sure. And I'm thinking, when we look at truth, um, there's these three categories, just philosophical categories, that truth is placed in, and uh, we don't have to talk about them too deeply, but I think just mentioning them and then connecting that to us trying to be authentic, yeah. right? Here are the three. Number one, truth is what uh, that which is corresponds with reality. Okay, so it has to be real. Yeah. Truth is that which matches an object. Okay, so it has, needs to match an object. And three, truth is, uh, in layman's terms, saying, is, is saying it like it is. Hmm. Now, some people might say, yeah, but your perspective on it is different than mine. Okay, we'll just stop. Just, just wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Say it like it is. Not like you interpret it. Say it like it is. Literal. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, so that literal might be a, a, deep, a deep part of it. Hmm. Objective. Subjective, maybe. If we want to be authentic people in community, when we say that we take, take back authentic church community, there must be other lenses in our lives that contribute to this. Mm. And so we're not saying every person has his truth, but we're saying that every person can contribute to that. If God holds all truth together then people can contribute certain sides of that truth. And that's good and that's true. And that's why we can learn from one another. Mm. But God isn't surprised by truth. Mm. And there's a fancy word that theologians use that says that God is omniscient, which is um, the, the same word. Niscient is the same root word that we use for science. Mm. Omniscient, which means knowledge. And so all knowledgeable. God knows everything. There is nothing that God does not know. And so therefore, God is not surprised by input. God is not surprised by truth. I don't bring something to the table and God's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. No, God does know that, even if it's something in future. Mm. And so God knows everything. God cannot actually... He doesn't learn as he goes. He doesn't learn. Mm. right? So God doesn't sit in a classroom and, and learn. Yeah. He's not... Things aren't coming to God and, and he, and he, and he uh, adds to his library. Mm -hmm. Now his library is full. Sure. So we as people have to bank on God. Yeah. But we also need to let other people yeah. speak up and say a little bit about their lens. And so I think that's maybe... A good, a good stirring, uh, steering into a conversation yeah. of 
If we're saying community or family or church or what is the, where do we get that from? Well, we probably get some of that from our own experiences in blood family. Yeah. Right? And so I've got many experiences <coughs> in my blood family. I've got many, the, the, the ways that I view the world, the ways that I see things. But so we all have differences and, 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 and thinking about some of those things. One of those, which we can maybe talk about, and it would be great to hear some of your, some of your uh, experiences, is thinking about the, the setup of the nucle nuclear family. So in my case, mom, dad, still do they, married. Do they look like aliens? Was the nuclear radiation? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, uh, nuclear obviously just meaning yeah, yeah. The, the conglomerate of... That's, oh, still, a, that's still a big word. I'm just sorry. a nuclear conglomerate. Uh, the, 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 the normal... The, the house family. What, what, what is your, like your, your immediate little, in Afrikaans, the word, gesinniki? People that mm -hmm. are the, your family that's the closest. Yeah. In so vicinity or what? In, in the vicinity. In okay. my case, it would be my mom, my dad, yeah. still married. And I've got two younger brothers. So just my little, little that's how I grew up. Mm. Obviously now, as I'm sitting here, my little nuclear family is, is my wife and my three boys. And my family right now, Chanel and I and my three boys, look very similar to my family where I grew up. It's also mom and dad and three boys. Yeah. So is, is that a coincidence? Was that programmed in? Is it because I'm living from a lens? Part of the matrix. Is it part of the matrix <laughs> and we need to escape it? Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to lean in. What are your experiences just um, concerning that? And maybe comment on some of the possible ways that that has an impact on the way you are and on how your authenticity would look. Mm. Um. <clears throat> That's big. So I think, I mean, as, as I said earlier, I lived half of my life back home and, and most of my life in Pretoria. But I still remember talking about how we all raised and how different that is from person to the next. Uh, <clears throat> so I still remember coming, well, one of the first things I had to learn was how to hold a knife and a fork. I, I had to learn that. I'd never, mm. I mean, back home, we don't. You don't use that stuff. I mean, I use uh, the day I take out a fork is Christmas <laughs> when rice comes out. Right? That's <laughs> when rice, when comes, rice out. comes out, that's it. Um, I, I kid you not, I kid you not. So, uh, and so, uh, and, and also, another thing is, and these are the things that I actually never really noticed much in that time, but only now as I start interacting more with uh, my you know, white friends and all of that. So when uh, over meal times back home, we would uh, one of the two things would happen. I'm talking now, especially referring to dinner. Um, we would eat together with a soapy playing. So like the, one of those, whether it's a scandal, whether it's a yeah, yeah. you know you know those those soapies that play at like seven thirty. Yeah. So so would, would yeah classic. Yeah. So would be having dinner, uh, quote unquote together, but. While, while watching that, right? Um, so obviously we would never really converse, we'd just be watching that. Or when that is not on, like you kind of do your own thing. You know, if you want to grab a dish up for yourself and go sit somewhere outside, you do that. Yeah. 
And now I had to move from that context to um, when I came to Pretoria, we had our own real estate, we had our own restaurant. Now I was forced to eat with other people. That was a big thing. Like you might think, well, yeah. well, that was a massive thing. Mm. Because for starters, I always felt as though everyone is watching me while I eat. Yeah. This is now they're at the HPC, yeah. right? It's now at HPC, yes. So, so I always felt as though everyone is watching me um, also because I now had to use a knife and a fork and I didn't know how to hold, well, I had to learn how to hold them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, shucks, I'm probably, I need to, okay, uh, uh, switch, this one needs to be on the right hand and this, you know, so that whole thing, but I'm just saying to be, to, to even just to eat together was big. Uh, so just, just speaks to the whole thing of how different we all raised. Now for someone to eat by yourself would be like the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Mm. But for me, that's that's very that, that's just that's normal. Yeah, um, I can do that, and I'm I'm very much comfortable. Obviously, now I've learned and I've adopted to, you know, just the, my context. But that was one of the strange things that I just felt to mention. Yeah, just want to speak about how you raised. And you know how that has an impact on everything later on in life. Because if you think about. Yeah the Bible. Mm. So now you read things yeah. like they're sitting around a table yeah. and they are breaking bread together. And you're like, what? Yeah. Why is yeah. bread being broken? It's must cut in slices. Mm. We all get a slice. I buy it if I open up. In the, and I don't go Ready to that cut. machine. I'm not that tunny with yeah, the curlers yeah, yeah, in my yeah, hair yeah. going to the machine <laughs> and cutting my bread in that machine. I'm not that person. I go buy the little baggie that's already cut. Okay, right. So what does it mean to break bread with someone? What does it mean to share salt We've got a salt thing that's got a little button on top and it's going mm. and it and, and, and oh yeah. You're right. And we just what do you mean share salt? What what do you it's mean wrong. when you say we are having communion? Mm. Or we communing? I mean the the root word of, of communing and communion and mm. commune and is co community. That togetherness. Togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so now, in my context, we grew up you eat meals together. Mm. All meals are together and there is not a TV on. TV is switched off. Even, I, I kid you not, even to this day, I want to sit and watch TV when I eat. Like, I love it. Oh, yeah, I want to sit there and I, and I literally <laughs> don't want to watch something that I need to follow. I put on, like, comedy. Like, yeah, I would literally yeah. put on sometimes... Yeah. Stand-up comedy. Now, I know it's frowned upon being a Christian and listening to stand-up, but I would put on stand-up comedy. And I'd be like, okay, now I'm listening to whatever, and I'm eating. But um, uh, when my kids are together, no, we don't, TV off. Yeah. TV off, we go into the kitchen, we sit by the table, we sit around the table. You know what? And it's not that we have these intense conversations. My kids are very young, so there's yeah. no intense conversations. Um, but I'm guessing in time, intense conversation will happen. Mm. And that, that idea of you can't leave the table because you are offended. Mm. There's no leaving the table. Yeah, yeah. Even, even now, we would teach our children, you can't leave the table. You have to say, may I be excused? And no. only the head of the table is allowed to excuse you. Who's mm. the head of the table? In my case, it's the father of the house. Mm. And so in, in my case, I need to say, you can now be excused. Even if you were done within the first 10 minutes, you sit and you wait until we're all done. 
And when you are excused, you are excused to go do something. It's not just excused. Yeah. But how does that have an effect? It has a, a profound effect. Let's say we sit in church and somebody says, let's have communion. And you're thinking, oh, okay, what does that mean? Oh, it means we're going to eat bread and wine now. Okay, I'll take my little, depending on the church you're from, yeah. I take my little bread and, and my little cup and I go stand outside. No, wait, wait, wait. That's not what communion yeah. means. Mm. It's not what Jesus meant anyway. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' time, they're sitting around a table. Um, there's no television on. What are they conversing about? Mm. What are they, are they speaking? Because it doesn't, it doesn't really say, does it? Yeah. Are they speaking? Are they, are they sitting in silence? Having a feast. And they just, you know, if I'm having a feast, I'm not speaking. I'm just filling my face with, <laughs> with fat chicken. Interesting. They're approaching about how many fish they caught chicken. that morning. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fish guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. um, I think uh, from my side, very similar to Arnold. Um, so you have an alarm. Oh, we yes, did watch that, that when I was like... Whatever, bro. You watch <laughs> Seven Alarm. Yeah, when I was like in primary school. Whatever, man. The directive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we um, watched TV. I can remember like your... We had an Mnet decoder. That's it. You were one of M-net those people on that decoder. side of the boys. You were the, the you were on the at the Lani side of the <laughs> of, so the, of th- the watts. I think I think our like no, lifestyle wise or well, things weren't Lani. I think more entertainment wise. So it's more like we always watched the I don't know, we watched T V and while we were eating, so we didn't have like a lot of conversations and stuff. And then there will be that one day when my dad is like, we're going to sit at the table. Mm. And everyone's like, oh. Like nobody wants to sit at the table because we all know we're just going to sit there and stare at each other. other. Literally, like nothing's going to. And I think um, it's very interesting because I'm exactly the same. When Mm. I eat my food, I want to watch something. Okay, I don't want to like, I'm eating my food. I don't want to like, think now i just want to like eat my food yeah. and chill okay but when i eat at san elise okay who's san elise is my girlfriend so if i eat at her her place like she stays with roommates so we go there i go there and i eat with them literally there's no tv that's the rule we made like a rule that when we eat we don't like obviously in the start you don't understand it mm. because because of your norms. Yeah. So your for you it's normal to watch something and eat, but for her it's about let's have conversation, let's mm. let's um, commune together yeah. mm. as we're eating, and I think <coughs> that's a beautiful thing because that's the way she grew up. She grew up, and that's and it's still like that when you go to the farm where her parents stay in um, KwaZulu-Natal. You go there, when you eat, we sit at the table. Yeah. Everybody sits at the table and we eat mm-hmm. and we have, we like, we're having a good time together. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. literally tell each other about what's happening during the day and tell stories. And mm. and I think that is just, I think that's very cool. It's a cool concept. Because yeah. I think if you have, it's a very strict, you shall sit by the table. And thou shalt not leave unless <laughs> thou said. Mm. If that, then people are going to feel like, oh, okay, now I'm forced to be here. Mm. And I don't really want to talk because mm. am I allowed to talk even yeah. type of thing. But when it becomes that um, 
like really close experience of yes this is a I, I want to sit at the table because I want to be like involved in each other's lives type of thing um, so some of that is the question is right there because this is now where we get to truth mm. so what about what truth in your life is true whether you like it or not and so something like that, because I come from the other side. I come from a family where we did not watch TV. Mm. We sat at the table, and we had rules, and we had so and so and so, and it stimulated um, relationships within my family. And so to this day, my family knows when we sit together, we can converse about on the table, and it's not weird. You know when you get into someone's car, and there's complete silence in the car, and it's, yeah, and some people are like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. It, this is an Uber drive. We are silent. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no, this is how. It, but for me, it's very awkward. I can't be silent in a car. Yeah. So I have to put on the radio. Even when I'm alone, I have to mm. put on the radio. I can't be silent in a car. I have, there must be conversation. There must be stuff happening. Uh, but where does that come from? Because does it come from my personality? No. Does it come from my, you know, it, it comes from my past experiences. Mm. Forced experiences, might, might I say, might I add. And so now I enjoy sitting and watching TV while I eat. And so intrinsically, my intentions tell me that I want to be merry with others, but I don't really want to. I want to be alone. Mm. I want to sit and watch TV while I eat. But my cultural upbringing tells me, no, you don't do that. You sit at the table. So now the question is, for my kids, initially, it will feel, sure, rules and and so and so and so, mm. but honestly, over time, it won't feel like rules anymore to yeah. my children. It'll feel like the norm. Mm. They won't feel yeah. that there's a rule. You know, you have to ask for permission to get up. Mm. It's just the norm. Mm -hmm. The norm is you honor your mother and father, and the father is the he's the ruler of the house. He's the boss of the family. He's the he's the one that calls the shots. Mm. And so that's what that's what I can expect yeah. from my father. That's what he's going to do. He's he's going to. And my father is not going to be. Um, he's not going to uh, be unnecessary. He's going to, in a loving way, tell me yes or no. You know, I, yeah. I almost want to say, even even if you come from a, like a like a broken family, there are some things that are, I guess, culturally based that could be right. Mm -hmm. And there are things that are culturally based that could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And so truth can't even, it can't be something that's only cultural because cultures change and cultures yeah. do things differently. So I'm wondering, think, uh, think about some of our institutions. It's you know, marriage, um, uh, uh, things that you, uh, work, com uh, commerce, uh, commuting to work, mm -hmm. driving, being, uh, think about things like um, uh, marriage. Let's say, for example. So in my family, or in my way of growing up, there's a mom and a father, and they had a wedding. And there was a certain amount of people that went to that wedding. That was an appropriate amount. You would hear the amount, and you'd be like, oh, okay, that's appropriate. Like, I don't know how many it was. Mm. Maybe it was 100. I don't know. Maybe it was 80. That's an appropriate amount. If I hear of a wedding where there's 400 people, I'm like, what? Yeah. Was it like, yeah. a, what happened there? But 400. I mean, yeah. Yep. Easy. Hectic. 
Not for audience is easy. What does that mean? Legit. Yes, no, no, <laughs> um, it's normal. Yeah. Um, look, listen. Do you know four hundred people? That's if, so but but that's that, see that's why maybe you're missing it. It's not about do you know. It's not about do you know. It took a com- it took a village. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I'm I'm yeah. sitting. I'm thinking. I'm just trying to play a number game in my head. So I've been to both. Uh, I've been to a wedding where, the, so. Remember, I grew up in a village, as I said earlier. So in the village, if you have, if there's a wedding, right, so you will send out letters to the people that you want to invite. So this is a bit of like a more formal thing, especially if like your relatives and close relatives or extended relatives. But also, if you're in a village, that there has to be an announcement at church. If you're part of church, there's a whole announcement. So like a month building up to your wedding, your wedding becomes part of the Sunday service announcement. So I remember we've got so-and-so's wedding. At least that's how, oh, yeah. that's how it's done back it's home. Like right? a reminder. Yeah. And so there are many reasons for that reminder. Yeah. One also being that so that the church can, you can go buy gifts. So that's kind of expected that you bring gifts. Yeah. Okay, whatever, however big or small, but also by just that, the the whole village is actually it's an, it's, it's it's invited. Mm-hmm. You, you might not you're not gonna stand up and intentionally over the mic invite the whole village, but it's we want to be there, like everyone wants to be there. So I've been to a wedding where um, a couple of such weddings were almost half the village would come, however big or small the village is, right? Sure. And then I remember the, the, the weirdest wedding I've attended was actually a friend, a good friend of mine who got married at, uh, at some, like, uh, uh, some mountains out, like four-hour drive from Pretoria. And I kid you not. Dragensberg. Yes. Yeah. I think that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. he legit got married there. Um, there was not more than 50 people. Not more than 50. Mm-hmm. That was the most weirdest thing for me, um, because I was like, just and all the fancy food. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what, what's private, going on private here? Private school food. Yeah, legit. <laughs> that was le- it was a, um, and, and, and for starters, we sat at um, what do you call it? Like a, a dry grass where they made. Uh, oh, uh, yes, and then we sat on that was well, Yeah, but so I'm bales. just saying that um, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah. To think of that, uh, just the the, the how, how different and diverse these two worlds mm. are. Um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting because what you find is you find um, in my mind. Uh, I was in the wedding game a little bit here in Pretoria, um, just DJing and marrying people, and it's it. There's all ma- all weddings look the same. Mm. There's a common denominator. It's never less really than fifty, and it's never more than hundred and fifty. It's always kind of the same. It's yeah. Hella expensive. Like mm. I'm talking about, it's like um, uh, yeah, but you, you more recently part of part of this. I, I can't remember what people charge for like uh, wedding venues, but but let's say a normal wedding venue price is say between fifty and a hundred k, and that sometimes doesn't include your food. Sometimes yeah, it literally includes only the venue hire, venue yeah. place that you can be there and you can use the toilets. Hmm. Right? Yeah, and then you have to like pay. I know, like for instance, some places um, they ask like 
600 rand per person for the three-course meal. Yes. So, so the, the, the food is boiled in water that <laughs> the Pope has blessed. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, it's just served, served uh, on a golden plate. Yeah. And, and, and so, and you would have that. And so every wedding has the same thing. So they, 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 there's the ceremony and there's the reception and there's all, it's always the same. It's always at the same time. Mm. It's always about three o'clock on a Saturday or if, if, if you're no, cheap like, like myself on a Friday. Um, and, and, and there are photos. And so there's always this moment where the couple goes for photos and they have to do it before the sun goes down and then the rest of the people have canapes. And then there's sometimes a band playing yeah. at the canapes and there's like little finger food and people. That's where most people get drunk is at the canapes because they start there. That's where they start. Yeah. And so that's where you, so you just had the wedding ceremony, right? And so it was this beautiful sermon and it was just talking about God and glory yeah. and, and, and church love. and love. Yeah. And, the, and like the, the, Wife submits to the husband, mm. so shall the church submit mm. to Christ. And it's that, you know, those Ephesian verses, and, mm. it's, all, mm. and it's this beautiful love is this, and it's this, and this, and love does not this, mm. and this, and then canapes. And people go, canapes, you know, and then the, and the rest of that. Especially when people are dancing. And then, yeah. Then it, it goes, gets wild. And then it gets very. So like 12 o'clock is fine, but I've had a wedding where I did it till 2 o'clock. <laughs> and anything past 12. Things just go just out of hand, bro. Like things break constantly. Yeah, Ted Mosby from uh, How I Met Your Mother. He used to say, "Nothing good ever happens at <laughs> two a.m." Yeah, <laughs> like uh, just um, I want just want to sorry double click. I want to come back to that bad intentions, <laughs> good actions, or other way around. Like are our intentions always good? Because we obviously have been majoring a lot now on authenticity. So just thinking about what it means to be authentic. And I was just, I just re uh, realized that thing of, okay, yes, is your intentions always good? No. Most probably there's times where it can be a good thing, where it's in line. But I think, and that's why it's so awesome when Jesus is saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. So his life, the, the, the words and the works of Jesus Christ redeems you mm. from your bad intentions. That makes sense? So there's a, yes, sometimes, not always, my intentions aren't always good, mm. okay? But in that time, it's because I was relying on myself or I was relying on not God. That makes sense. But who saves me from that? It's Jesus. Mm. Mm. And when Jesus is the one that saves me, um, we can we can form, we can be, because it's that whole thing of you, be, you, you come to God, because it's almost like can your bad intentions separate you from God? Okay? But either way, Jesus paves the way for you to be reconciled to God. Mm. Jesus is the doorway to God. So there's a there's a thing of you being with God, okay? And the more you are being with him, the more you become like him. Mm -hmm. um, and then you realize, yes, my intentions is not good at this moment. And I do believe the Holy Spirit many times, he then probes your mind to tell you, hey, your intentions are bad mm. for what you are thinking now. So now... 
And that leads you to repenting or just changing your mindset, renewal of the mind. Mm. Um, then, so I was just thinking about that, like Jesus reconciles us even if we have bad intentions. He reconciles us. It's his love um, that enables us to love others, or to love him first and love other people. Mm. Um, and then I was thinking about, okay, authentic church. So if we say, authenticity yes we don't always live according we're not always authentic mm. okay because we have the fear of man or we have um <coughs> other intentions of why we want to do some things but if we would say um authentic church and they like then we are saying it's a church community that is defined by what god is saying by the works of jesus that's defined by the life of jesus mm-hmm. okay obviously not that's not how it is that's not the reality so my thinking is how do we get people to that place we get, how do we get people to trust in in jesus mm. okay it it kind of does lean into that idea of righteousness Right, righteousness meaning being in right standing, being being right, and so Christians are actually the only people who can really be righteous. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like, that's a bold statement. Mm. How can you say that? Are the Christians the goody two shoes? Are the Christians the guys <laughs> doing all the right things? Are the, how how can you say that Christians are the only ones that are righteous? Okay, well, here's why. It's because of what you just said. Yeah. Because Jesus makes us righteous. Mm. And so if somebody comes up to me and says, Hi, new, are you a righteous person? I say, yes. Yes, I am. Mm. But not by myself. Mm. Which is one of the greatest issues in church community is self-righteousness. Mm. It's the worst thing that could possibly happen is becoming self-righteous, which, which is saying, I am in right standing. I'm doing the right thing. I am holy because of what I can do, because of what I've done, because of myself, meaning self-righteous. And the problem is, on the surface, you can't see the difference. On the surface, you can't see the difference between somebody that is righteous by Christ mm. or somebody that is righteous by self. Both people bought the coffee. It looks good on the outside. Both people yeah. bought the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And so both people look yeah. like they're doing the right thing on the outside. But on the inside, mm. my intention was I was buying the coffee for selfish means mm. versus I was buying coffee because of me dying by Christ, being in hum- humbly coming and saying, I uh, let's say I bought coffee for Arnold. And so on the one side, I, I might say I bought, I bought coffee for Arnold because I've got some other intentions. I, I want to win over his heart. I want to win over his favor. I want, I want him to like me more. I, I want him to uh, respect me more. I want him to think of me higher than I am actually. Mm. I want him to, to view me as more than I really am. How is that for authenticity? Sure. Right, yeah. and so that yeah. so I'm giving and I'm yeah. giving you the coffee, and so to Arnold he gets the coffee and he thinks, sure, Heine is such a great Christian, mm-hmm. but it is the worst thing that could possibly happen because it was self righteousness, mm. and 
he's going to catch me out on it because I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. And yeah. I can't help but being a hypocrite. Yeah. Versus I buy the coffee because Christ compels me to. And mm. only by his blood and by his grace, I am forced. And when I say the word forced, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it. That, yeah, yeah. that It's his grace that enables you. Enables is probably yeah. a better word, right? Yeah. And so it, it enables me to want to love him more. Mm. And so I buy the coffee out of a complete love. And it's not because of what the coffee can bring yeah. me. It's just by being righteous mm. because mm. Christ mm. made me righteous. Mm. And yeah. so I can be authentic. I can mm. bank on truth. But my connection is Jesus. Mm. Yeah. But no one would know that because it's internal. Yeah. But I, I'm just thinking as well to talk about this because on the other hand, I'm just thinking, I mean, a couple of things that's flowing around in my head now where one, talking about the, let's say, a, a, a born again of someone who's, who's a child of God in that sense versus someone who's not born again, right? And so we're talking about the these two people's nature. Yeah, yeah that's so so thinking of thinking of um, intentions, where uh, or someone someone once said, a um, a a a person who's not born again, even their intentions are tainted by sin, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, mm. the thing is, their reality or they define as real. What they define as, or what they're going to accept as, what's going to make me as a person, is not God. Yeah. Or is not. And why is that? Why is that important to be God? It's because God is the Creator. Yeah. Okay. If you don't believe that, um, your your identity, who you are, your reality is going to be shaped. What they call a dualistic worldview. Mm. That's the. The Western worldview is a dualistic worldview of uh, external reality, the physical that we see, but also an internal reality, the things that we feel. So that's the only thing that's going to define who I am as a person is what's happening external and internal. Mm. And then what happens is that thing of they rely on those things. So the things that they believe and the mm. things that they value are defined by those two things to find out what's happening outside of their internal reality, what they feel, but also how they feel about things, yeah. as we spoke earlier. So, and I think about, you know, just about that, then you get the Trinitarian worldview, where other cultures also have that, where they believe in all three, but in the end, there's a thing of a Christ-centered worldview, where Christ is the center of all three realities. So th those three realities are external reality. So Christ resides in all three of them. Yes, internal, but also in the eternal. Yeah. And then there's this flow that I've learned this way. It, it stems from the eternal reality into your internal, then it expresses out of your external. That mm. makes sense. Mm. And there's that thing of where your spirit um in you compels you compels your internal reality to do something about the external mm. or to act upon this thing so the holy spirit compels you to buy that coffee not because he forces you mm. that makes sense but it is the love of christ that's in you that yeah. that 
that makes you want to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I mean, so so the, the, that's what I'm thinking in this line. The, yeah. the whole thing of nature is that if you're a a a person who's not born again, their nature. So Dhanu touched on earlier as well. Is a thing of by 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 nature we are we are children of wrath. We are we are we love sin. I use use that line. And this is this is that the same language really according to scripture yeah. uh, it's, it's what Paul uses again in, in Ephesians two is what Paul uses again uh, in, in that uh, Romans chapter three verse verse nine to seventeen where he he will say words like um, um, uh, they are they are um, what is it, what is it, what, their, their mouths are an open, uh, open grave, grave yeah. I mean and, and then you and you begin to see just this this downward progression of how sinful we are. The reason I'm saying I'm, I'm thinking of this is, and this gives me hope when I think of my sometimes bad intentions, is that exactly that, that what ever do is that God can Christ redeems He continues to redeem my bad intentions, sanctifying me to more like Christ. Well, and, and, and so He He accepts that. Right, in that, that as opposed to a non-born again person, who even their good intention is bad, because of where it comes from. Hmm. Because by nature you are opposed to the things of God, and so I think that that's why I say, God. It's almost it's basically just at the end of it. At the core of it is an insult towards God. Even your good deeds. Uh, uh, as filthy rags, hmm. um, and so anything that comes not from faith is sin. Paul would also say, hmm. and so a person who's not born again by nature, they, they they cannot do anything biblically speaking good, and so from the start their intentions are hmm. twisted. And so, how ridiculous is it then? to speak to non-believers about modifying their behavior. So it's sad. Definitely. It, yeah. That, yeah. Think about the, the absolute Dry ridiculous. Yeah, like think yeah. about how ridiculous it is. Hey, stop yeah. doing that to your wife because that's not good. Mm. And then that person mm. might just say, oh, well, mm. not good according to who? Yeah. Not playing by your rules. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. What you, you know, and, and thinking about Christians and, and that word judgment, mm. I don't know if you've seen, uh, probably seen it somewhere in your life, where people just have commentary and they say, the Bible says that you're not allowed to judge. Mm. Yeah, yes, but the... But, around everywhere. Yes. You're not... Don't judge people. Judge that, Christians. <laughs> I, I guess. That's what it says. <laughs> you can I mean, judge your own brother. Yeah, you can... You, and when we say yeah. ju judge Christians, we don't mean... Put yeah. on your little judging hat. Don't <laughs> put on your 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 little tuacha. What's that? Yeah. Your robe yeah. and walk around with your gavel and judge people on the street. Do a rock. Yeah, it's not. It's not go into church and walk into ju mm -hmm. judgment. Mm -hmm. It's not even saying judgment. It's saying internally, because you've confessed Christ. It means you are supposed to have a new nature, mm. and therefore, when somebody sees that your new nature is not manifested, yeah. you go and say, yeah. "Hey, person." Don't do that because yeah. that's not what Christ would do. And mm. seeing as you play by Christ's rules, yeah. that's not a good thing. And therefore, in that sense, I just judged you. Yeah. But it's not I judged you because of what I 
deem as good, yeah. I judge you on what you yourself professed as, as good, the standard. As the standard. Yeah. Sure. And so, walking around, you know, um, I almost want to say, there was this, uh, I, I once went with a friend um, and we went into a bar and we we were just um, having conversation and <coughs> we were playing pool. And uh, while we were playing, so we, it was this friend and I and we, we, he was with me in church and we challenged a bunch of guys to pool and there's a longer story there. But we, uh, yeah, and we were having conversations. And at one stage, the guy, you know, the other person that we, you know, a non-believer, a non, just a, just a normal guy, he, uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, 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 like you were swearing, and mm-hmm. and and the swearing is normal, normal, normal swearing, swearing, and then and then he said God's name, right? And so he sure. says God's name, boom. And um, this friend that came with me, he's like, whoa, 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 stop, 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 listen. You can swear all you want, mm. but don't use my God's name in vain. Mm. And uh, you know, in that in that moment, and so Did he pull out a sword, <laughs> like a crusader <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah it's chop off the ear. Chop chop off the the ear. Yeah. And and right there, I mean, it's yeah. kind of the uh, this person looks up in disdain, mm. and he's like, what? What? Do you, what, do you, what now? What's the yeah. problem now? Yeah. I mean, I've been swearing. I've been saying yeah. the worst things. The most that you know. Profanity galore, yeah. and now that little word just triggered you. What what mm. just happened? It's like no no no. I'm a Christian, mm. and you can't speak that way around mm. me because that's very disrespectful. Mm. And in that's my mind, a good way to say it. Yes, but in my mind, I was like, I I want to. I'm going to see this play out. I'm just going to. I'm going to. I'm just going to shut up. I'm going to see this. Play, I'm just going to keep quiet and be like, Hey, sure. bro, you go for it. You go for fight. Mm. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I'll back you. Mm. No, I'm not going to back you at all. I'm just, just, just for the fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take videos. <laughs> and so this person that we were playing pool with, he looks up and he's like, "Bro, I, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but I, I don't care if I disrespect you." Mm. And this just fueled my friend. Like it just fueled him. Like, what do you mean you don't respect? Like, we should respect people of all, you know, nations and colors, and, yeah. and you, we should. And this person, so the friend of mine, gets so rallied up and mm. so angry so quickly. And this other person is just so calm, and he's just, I, I hear you, bro, but I don't ascribe mm. to the. It's not my standard. Yeah. This name, and he said it again. Yeah. Is yeah. not somebody that I have respect for. Yeah. I do not respect dot dot dot. Yeah. I do not like I'll say it all day. I'll mm. mix in his name with other swear words. Yeah. Like yeah. here hear what this sounds like. So and so blah blah. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. You know, like um and and, and, yeah. and so this friend of mine literally there the pool game ended and he takes his things and he's I, I can't, you know, I can't deal with this and he and he walks out. Mm. I think to myself, that is such an interesting way of viewing the world where mm. his expectation, my friend's expectation was that this person should, should have a common decency. Yeah. Yeah. And this person just called his bluff and said, mm. well, I, I don't have your common mm. decency because I'm not under the same rule. I'm not, mm. the standard's mm. not the same. In fact, I laugh at your standard. In fact, I laugh at the fact that you have something to reference back on because my morality is based from something else. Mm. And there's a conversation there. Yeah. 
So Definitely. on what do you base your morality? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, I think that's a very good comment on, uh, or just that question of where, so where does your morality come from? And I think, um, the, it, yeah, the thing is church, church consists of people. Okay, because it's that question, is church a building or, or is it like a gathering of people? And, and that's what we see, what, do, what you see in the word is that when it speaks about the church, it speaks about people that mm. are gathering together, that are under a mission, that are under, um, I love this, this um, there's this uh, definition of church um, where it says, um, the Greek word being used is ecclesia, um, and it says followers of Christ who derived their identity and mission from Jesus. Um, so I'm just going to stop there. So, mm. And I think that is just, it speaks about the, the purpose also of a Sunday. Because mm. uh, if your, your understanding of church is going to affect how you see like a Sunday, um, why, do we, why do we come here on a Sunday and do what we do? Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, mm. Like why? Like have you ever thought about it like, because I think, yeah, from from my side, it, it's different. Obviously, you, it that is your, that's what you do. That's what I do vocationally. I equip people to minister. So, mm. and a Sunday is part of that. It's part of, and how do we switch to that? How do I switch to that thing of, okay, but a Sunday is is, is about serving, and it's about it's not, it's not necessarily, my job, but it is but it's also not. Um, and managing that is, is quite interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, so I was just thinking about, so, and then getting authenticity in that. Because obviously authenticity, the authenticity of, of the people. Mm. Um, getting us, and I think, yes, we're saying a community, but community exists out of individuals to, that come together. Mm. And each individual is still going to be impacted as an individual when it comes to their identity. Um, and I think what we, what I understand is through this, like through the first episode and also as we're speaking here, it's almost like our identities as people are, are defined by Jesus. But it's almost like Jesus uses people to do that. So it's both, it's individually and through people. Mm. And as those two things meet together, um, and it's the same. Mm. I might be wrong, yeah? But I th I'm, I'm just thinking about that. Mm. Um, like when we say authentic church community, like what does it mean, like in the end, if we could give one line um, for that statement, <laughs> what would be that one line be? I think the... the the biggest thing is to maybe stay away from the one line. Yeah. And then why I'm saying that is because it's so complex. Mm. And so one line will not do, it will not, it, uh, it would be irresponsible. Sure. Right. Mm. To, to just make it a, a one liner. Because even as you were speaking now, I was yeah. just confronted even with my own biases and, and my own way of, of thinking about. Uh, the word the com community, which yeah. <laughs> we haven't really jumped into it, maybe maybe for a um, 
maybe for the next episode, solely commit to community and what that means and, and how we can get into that. But I think this this ecclesia, this 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 uh, the, the gathering of people, this this assembly actually mm, of, mm. of people coming coming together, um, people as individuals, which is a very Western way of thinking of mm. people, people as family and 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 conglomerate, which is a very otherworldly, so Eastern mm. way of of thinking about it. What what's you know just the, the notion of right and wrong? When mm. we say right and wrong, we're not we're not just talking about good and evil. We're talking about should and should not. We're talking about what ought to be, which is a very interesting um, uh, thing when we talk about the philosoph- philosophy of of morality. Now, I'm not talking about when we start quoting Kant and and these guys. I'm mm. I'm thinking about. Um, even even with 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 normal people thinking about right and wrong and thinking about what should be and what ought to be and uh, let's make it very simple somebody wakes up on a sunday morning and they get ready for church because that's what you should be doing it's what you ought to do mm. if you don't do that there is shame that should befall you well almost that comes to that comes back for me to the intention like what is your intention behind that? But it, for me, it's very difficult because of just the way, and it comes back to that thing of, this, I love this conversation because it comes back, now it exposes, like, it's about how you grow up. So if you grow up, like, you shall go to church type of thing. It's almost like the only reason why you go to church is because you must. It's not mm-hmm. like you want to. But so. is it possible? Is it possible that even in you not wanting to, but doing because you must. Mm. Could that be a good thing? So, so I'm just thinking on back to how we, we, how we raised. It's a good question. So, is it wrong, using you now as a, as a, as a family man, is, is, is it wrong for you to raise your children, talking about um, um, doing almost the opposite? for lack of a better word, to how you were raised, meaning you are now having dinner as a family but watching TV together. Is that wrong? Or is sitting around the table having a meal together like you were raised, is that not right? And, and I'm just thinking, um, is it maybe not something else there that, that we often miss? Is the explaining to your children that, hey, listen, the reason why we do this, or we're doing this because of this. So mm-hmm. I think even if I don't want to do it, I understand where you're coming from. Therefore, I will... The whole thing of the principles behind it. The principle the, behind the, 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 the action, right? And so, so there might be deeper principles behind things that I never share with my children. Yeah. I never get the chance to share. It's a deeper principle. They don't get it. But because it's ingrained, mm. it changes who they are. So for us, exa- for example, um, Arnie, so we do sit around the table. Mm. We don't watch TV. Mm. What I'm saying is I want to watch TV. Yeah. I'm saying even if I grew up around a table without television um, at mealtime, I grew up, still want to. N- I still want mm. to sit at the TV. That's what, that's what I want to do. So it's not, it's not only ingrained, but... There's almost this, sure, 
but I think there were principles and things behind why my parents were doing that. Let me give you guys an example. So um, when I went to school, it was very important. We were in a um, school that you have, uh, obviously you've got a uniform. I mean, think of that word. Yeah, Uni, yeah, yeah. meaning what? Yeah, yeah. To One. United, yeah. And form, mm. meaning... In, 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 if you say, I, I wear uniform, form is, is, is the, um, uh, uh, what you look like. Mm. And so uniform means all look the same. There's a reason why uniform mm. informs me. Mm. My uniform informs me of where I'm part of. Yeah. So my school, the, the fact that we all wore the same uniform helped me to understand that we are in this community mm. uniform yeah. right so so we are we are of the same cloth yeah, yeah. Mm. there's a because i've noticed the difference between unity and uniformity where uniformity is everybody looks the same mm. yes so you want people to have unity yes but sometimes the way that you teach people about it, unity yes. is by showing them uniformity mm. and yeah. so in school i had to cut my hair um, very short. That's how it is at school. We literally had to stand in long queues with a teacher walking by with a ruler, um, measuring your hair, pulling down your hair over your ears, over your uh, forehead. It's not allowed to go past your, uh, sure. past your eyes. Um, it's not allowed to touch your collar. It's not allowed to... The girls... I kid you not, they had a ruler that they would put on the girl's knee mm. and then it's not allowed to, the, the skirt is not allowed to be shorter than a certain, you know, yeah, and, and so yeah. if the skirt doesn't touch, they, they literally put the girls there to go and sit on their knees or, or um, put their, yeah, go sit on their knees and then they have to have four fingers above the knee for, for, the, for the skirt because that's yeah. the way it is. And so I look at that as a child and, I'm, and I say, this is ridiculous. Money and time and resource were spent. A teacher gets a salary from, I don't know, taxpayer money. Yeah. Because, so that they can let me stand in a queue and check my hair. When are we going to learn the real stuff? When are we going to really get to what, what is important in this life? Okay, but pause. Some of those things, and not all of them, some of it is really ridiculous, but some of those things were put there purposefully so that you teach a child how to fit in. Mm. How to, and it's not just fitting in, it's not just standing alone, it's not just, it's, it's purposefully, then it might be for political reasons, mm. you know, it might be some, I don't know, South Africa is. Lots of political things happening even um, before the, 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 the um, uh, even in apartheid times, there were re reasons for being in the certain ways. And yeah. So we're not going to go into that now. The point is just that there is there's something about community that even if you don't want to, it might be good for you. Mm. And yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so we as people need to be able to decide or we as people are, are given the mandate to be wise. Bible loves talking about wisdom. Mm. And so how can we be wise in a world where there are things that we are told, this is how you ought to be, mm. but I don't want to. Mm. And people say, this is how you ought not to be, but I want to. And when do I have liberty 
Meaning, when do I have freedom to choose and when, when do I not have liberty? When can I, can't I choose? When can I decide I am now not a he, she, and I am a they, them. Mm. That is what I am now mm. because I've got the liberty to choose mm. versus I want to come to church not wearing a tie. I want to I come to church. I, I want to come to church with my dog on my lap. Yeah. I that want sounds to, fun. <laughs> depending on the dog. Bringing you, bring your dog to <laughs> church. Or the church. Or the church. Yeah. Imagine you've got a St. Bernard and it sits on your lap. Yeah, well, anyway. So, when am I allowed, when is it okay for me to choose what I ought to be? When, I, when, it, when am I allowed to um, be an individual yeah. and decide who I am as an individual mm. and when am I supposed to be part of the uniformity? Mm. When am I supposed to be, when am I supposed to be part of the community irrespective of? And I think there is some interesting so, conversation. So, you know, what are you saying is, do you want uniformity? Or do I'm you saying want the unity? intention of uniformity is what makes the difference and not uniformity in and of itself. Mm. Okay. Hmm. That makes sense. Because it's the whole thing of like when you look at cults. Cults are like uniformity is like they major most probably on that. Yeah, but what is the reason? Yeah, the so that you are brainwashed, yeah. right? So that you are that you are made nothing. So that you are uh, that your identity is shaped by. But uniformity. Let's let's. So my kids, right? So I'm not going to. My kids love to um, um, <coughs> wear. That they don't mind wearing yesterday's clothes today. They don't mind being dirty. They don't see the dirt. They don't care. They just want to play. Honestly speaking, I know. Like now, today, my kids are on holiday. They're not going to school. So this morning, when my kids wanted to put on their clothes, they went to all of the clothes they wore yesterday. It's still laying there on the floor because classic children, they didn't do what I told them to put it away. It's all of the dirty clothes are still there on the floor. Honestly speaking, are they going to get dirty again? Yes, they're going to they're get crazy dirty. They're gonna get, yeah. But I want my children to learn the principle of take your dirty clothes, put them where they need to be so that we can wash them. You get new clothes out of your cupboard. Mm. You dress neatly because it's important to be neat. It's important to be clean. And it's important because it's, a, it's all of it. I wouldn't say this to my child. It's because of respect. So I wouldn't go to my child at seven years old and say, the reason why you need to look presentable is because you want to show that you respect yourself. Because that, that sentence will not make sense to him. Yeah. He will not understand what I'm saying. However, I want to teach him that subtly. There's a subtle. I'm teaching tell, him. Tell you can communicate. Yes, but yeah. but here's the here's the here's the honest truth. Mm. Um, I'm probably going to forget to communicate that. Yeah. I'm probably somewhere. My son's going to get to 16 years old, and he's going to be like, "Hey, I don't care about all of this. I just want to wear rags. Let mm. me get tie-dyed T-shirts, and you know." <laughs> get, Drive in red logs and get dreads. All right, and so many parents look at that and they say, "Yeah, my kid completely hooked out. Completely, he went through his teenage phase and he completely lost everything we gave him." No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. His behavior is manifesting that he's maybe mm. um, having. He's he's maybe challenging the behavior, but the very reason why he's challenging the behavior is the reason why I wanted it there in the first place. I wanted him 
to be autonomous and be respectful and respect himself and be able to make choices for himself. Mm. That's why we did this. The fact that that's the manifestation of that is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. And I realize that this might be a conversation for another day. Um, and so maybe coming back to this this idea of <coughs> community and, and church and I guess we got into the word of uniformity and uh, and all, all of those things. I think a good thing to ponder about, you know, we're not going to talk about it now, but something yeah. just to ponder about is think about your intentions. Mm-hmm. Think about what is right and wrong in your life. Who decided what was right and wrong in your life? Is that a good place to base my morality or my um, ought to be ness from is that a, is is that a good place? Oh, I'm doing this because my parents did it. Okay, well that's not necessarily a good thing. And then lastly, is if I want to pursue being authentic, and I want to do it the way the Bible teaches, is there a possibility that authenticity is impossible? without truth Mm. and truth is impossible without a universal truth Mm. or a standard truth or a standalone truth okay absolute absolute truth no and if that's the case who upholds that truth who keeps it there who keeps it standard who Mm. decides how absolute it is and and holds that standard if if we believe in a god we say that that's god and so working that back is saying, because God is the, the one that upholds tr- all truth, all, tr- all truth defines, must be God's. He defines all truth. He, define, he defines all truth. Yeah. He def- it's all, it must be his. It means that even if something s- truth comes out of somebody's mouth that's, that doesn't believe in God, yeah. it's still God's truth. Mm. Therefore, authenticity must be something that cannot actually be achieved without God. And so, yeah. come back to those three words, authentic church community. Authenticity cannot happen without God. Church is for God, yes. and community is by God. Mm. And so, it's almost like the undercurrent yeah. of all of that. Um, it's almost like God thought ahead when he had all of these things in mind. Plan A. He <laughs> <laughs> always had plan A. Yep. Now, that, oh, I was literally just thinking about that. Um, uh, yeah, le- the thing is when when it's authentic church community, authentic meaning the f- for me like just getting out of this like defined by God, mm. all things defined by God, um, meaning your what you do, who you are, but also like redeemed. So I think that is important to know that you, if you rely on Jesus, He redeems you mm. from the fakeness. That you are li- you are living, mm. and if you are living two lives, God can redeem you. Mm. He redeems you through Jesus Christ, mm. dying and raising from the dead, and through the life of Jesus, um, the way that He lived His life, from that that already upholds, let's say, the standard of authenticity, mm. or because authenticity is res- it's almost like if you're authentic, you are responding to who God says you are. What, who God says other people are, mm. who other people are, and like how things are s- supposed to be. So, 
And then where, the, as you said, that church, the gathering for God, where the where church is that assembly to worship, mm. to worship God. Um, <coughs> yeah, and then community, just uh, together with God, outside of that gathering. Mm. I think that is important. Understanding is outside of that. So, yeah, you said we were you. We're gonna focus more, but about community on our next episode and just so yeah we are excited for that we want to thank you for joining us thank you Arnold Amazing. for joining us today and thank you Hainu mm, um, I'm excited for our next episode so um, if you enjoyed it you can just uh, please send us some feedback on, on if you're listening from from Spotify Spotify we have questions that you can answer just do we would love to hear your your questions as a listener and maybe answer some questions or to hear what you think about um think about what you we what we are saying or um so yeah we're excited to to hear from you as a listener so please respond if you on if you listen on spotify i'm not sure about um google Podcasts and and apple I'm not, i don't think you can um respond to the episode on that but if you are listening on spotify you can respond there um, but we want to thank you. Um, see you on the next episode as we're going to dive deeper into community. Cheers. Cheers. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.